You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What a world! Welcome and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. This is our episode for Monday, October 12th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we are all praying and thinking of and hoping the absolute best for QB1, Dak Prescott. I mentioned this is our episode from Monday, October 12th, obviously recording this on Sunday, October 11th. This is our official Dallas Cowboys post-game show here on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. The Dallas Cowboys get their second win of the season on Sunday afternoon, 37-34, the final score against the New York football Giants. Dallas improves to 2-3 and three on the season. Both wins this year have come by way of the magical foot of Greg Zerline. The New York Giants now 0-5. The Dallas Cowboys sit atop the NFL's most storied division, although it is certainly not acting that way here in 2020. The Cowboys in first place in the NFC East with that 2-3 and three record. The Philadelphia Eagles, thanks to their loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, are 1-3-1. and one. The Washington football team couldn't get it done on Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams, although just a huge congratulations to Alex Smith for his road to recovery, uh, everything he's gone through. I did watch the E60 on him, and uh, back when I was doing radio in San Antonio, we had Stefania Bell on from ESPN. She talked about it his his road is, has been well chronicled and it really was just an incredible miracle um that that he came back and that he played and uh, obviously they didn't win uh and the new york giants uh falling again to the cowboys so the cowboys in first place two and three they will host the arizona cardinals next week on monday night football and there's a lot of football to to talk about but it's so hard um dak prescott obviously leaving the game in the third quarter um you know, no official confirmation of this, obviously, because um, it is so kind of ever moving. And um, that's just the way things go. But uh, Dak Prescott seemingly lost for the season. Uh, just an awful injury that, that looked bad right away, I think. Uh, it was announced that Dak suffered a right ankle compound fracture and dislocation. Um, and let's let's just start there. I, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest with you in a couple of ways here. Um, normally, uh, when I record this particular episode that we do every week, my dog is with my wife. She's taking care of him because, hey, you know, uh, you, know we're gonna, you go record, you know, I love you, etc., my wife is out of town, so little bear is uh, on the recliner here in the office. And so, if he barks, I am sorry, but uh, you know, he and I were flying Han style this week. And so, um, if he makes an appearance, so be it. But he's pretty sleepy right now. He's had a long day. Anyway, um, so that's the first bit of honesty. The second bit is typically, you know, for for all of our episodes and all of our shows, we put together a rundown. Right? We want to talk about this, and after that, we're going to go into this, and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I don't know how to do that for this. Um, it's so so 
um, I I don't know what other way it's it's hard to kind of you know figure this out you know as we go along. But um, I've mentioned before, and, and if you are a frequenter of blogoftheboys.com, which you should be, uh, you know that I write five winners and five losers after every Dallas Cowboys game. And that is what it sounds like, right? Because some players play better. Some players don't have their best games. Sometimes we adjust it. You know, last week, instead of five winners and five losers, I wrote about 10 losers. And I just could not do that this week. Uh, it, it was so hard to, to to talk about winning, even though the Dallas Cowboys won, because I feel like we're in this in-between. And we've been this way for a while, and that's that's what I wrote about, how, you know, even before this game started, we were in this in-between of, okay, well, Tyron's out, and Lyle's out, and Sean Lee's hurt, and Leighton's hurt, uh, but this team, you know, they've got Dak, and they've got the three wide receivers, and they've got Zeke, and, you know, the defense might be bad, but, you know, and we all, you know, it's, it's hard even when people say like let's tank whatever it's hard to just turn off being a fan right it's difficult you can't just say I don't want to win anymore and there's obviously strategic reasons for that and calculated reasons for that and if you can strip away all emotion and be completely objective well good for you and I hope you can apply that to more important areas of your life Um, but you know so we all are still you know even now in this moment that's what makes it so hard we're extremely invested in the Dallas Cowboys they're our favorite team we all want them to do well we want to see them win we and and I think you know when, when it comes to sports and I'm recording this at the moment the Los Angeles Lakers win the NBA title you know you you develop you know you develop favorites and, and you develop you know people you root for and, and things you root for and not just players and coaches and people and, and you know that's the way sports and, and life to a larger extent work and I, I know that my opinion on Dak Prescott is, you know, on the record and as is the opinion of Dak Prescott of most of our BTB staffers. And I'm going to imagine that you likely share the sentiment that we all do that Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback, QB1, etc., etc., etc. Obviously, there are people that feel differently and don't think he's worth it. Although, while that is, I believe, a minority, it is a loud minority. And that turns into the Twitter arguments that we all fall into and, and kind of, you know, succumb to in, in that sort of quicksand. Um, and so we all want to see Dak do well. He's a great person, right? And uh, we, we've talked about that several times and, and what happened a few weeks ago and, and how he's an advocate for mental health. He is, um, I mean, when, when, you, when you first fall in love with football, Dak is the ideal player for your favorite team. He loves playing for the Dallas Cowboys. He's very good. He is a role model off of the field. He he gets it. He is a leader. I mean, think about the way that Dak is spoken about. And, and think about all of the tweets and all of the messages that have come out in the aftermath of, of his injury that you know, show how much respect and admiration he has, not just across the NFL, but across the world. And that's a really special thing. And and that's what's, you know, frustrating when, when people don't get it, because the Cowboys have this very special person playing for them. And so it's hard. It's hard to watch Dak get hurt and, and hard to know that he's out for the season and hard to know that, you know, we have to wait, you know, who knows how long until we can watch him play football again. I mean, you know, we're just thinking about it. We're all going to be, you know, and, and God willing, our world is is back to a more normal and a more stable place by then. But, you know, we're going to be hanging on videos from OTAs and, you know, it's going to be, you know, things like we're easing deck back in and, and training camp and et cetera. And, you know, I, I think about this often when, um, when teams don't perform well or things like this happen. I mean, you know, it's, I don't mean it's depressing to think about, you know, this, but you get my point. It's depressing to think, man, you know, we've got to go through Halloween. We've got to go through Thanksgiving. We've got to go through Christmas. We've got to go through New Year's. We've got to go through Valentine's Day. We've got to go through St. Patrick's Day. You know, we've got to go through like 
all of the things between now and the beginning of next football season before we get the chance to watch Dak Prescott play or whatever the case may be. And so that's a bummer. And more than anything, it is just an incredible, just, I mean, it's, it's devastating to think that this has happened to Dak Prescott, such a great person and the leader of the team. And all of that is, is true just about him as a person. And then you think about the, the, you know, when you separate that, which is a difficult thing to do, you think about the on-field goals and the on-field aspirations that this team has. I mean, they are in first place and, I don't know if you or even I think that they can maintain that, that they can finish in first place, they can win the NFCs, they can be a playoff team. And there are a lot of ifs and things to figure out, but it's so much more difficult without Dak Prescott being a part of the team. And so, you know, Andy Dalton came in and that's why the Cowboys paid Andy Dalton what they did, not that they, you know, spent an inordinate amount of money on him. Um, had some struggles, uh, let's let's be honest, uh, you know, um, and, and ultimately rallied back, had a great throw to Michael Gallup there at the end. I think Michael Gallup was, you know, Michael Gallup was the most valuable player on this team in this game. And I mean, okay, cool, you beat the Giants, but what does that mean moving forward? Um, the Cowboys are two and a half point underdogs against the Arizona Cardinals next week. That game's on Monday Night Football, so we have to go even longer uh, to try to prepare ourselves for what the reality of this is going to be. I suppose if you want to look at the benefits of that, you know, Mike McCarthy and Dalton and uh, Kellen Moore, they all have an extra day to prepare, you know, differently because it is different. The fabric of the season is now incredibly different because of this injury. And so, I don't know. And I apologize for how random and sporadic this episode is, but I think we're all just, I mean, the Cowboys won, you know, tomorrow is technically victory polo Monday, but how do we celebrate that? It's, it's difficult. And, you know, they are in first place and there are a lot of things to be grateful for in that regard. And and, in, in the grand scheme of life, certainly, but our hearts hurt and our hearts are with Dak Prescott and in his journey that he's starting now, it's going to be a long road. Um, But so, okay, let's, Let's kind of figure this out and and let's put it in its proper place because you are now for the season. And again, this isn't official, but we're all assuming you are now for the season down Dak Prescott, the most important player on your team. I don't care if you think Dak is good or not. There is no question. If Kirk Cousins, you know, I've got Sunday Night Football on as well. If Kirk Cousins were gone, the most important player on the Minnesota Vikings would be gone. If Sam Donald were gone, the most important player on the New York Jets would be gone. The quarterback for whatever team is the most important player on that team that is true that is true 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 in the game of football professional football in the United States of America Um, so it is what it is and so you're down the most important player on your team you're down Tyron Smith for the rest of the season you're down Lyle Collins for the rest of the season you have a rookie center in Tyler Biotish who I thought played well all things considered you are still down at the moment at least Leighton Vanderesh and Sean Lee and Chidabea Wuze and you lost Joe McCoy before the season ever really began. And so what is this team, right? Like what, what is the best version of this? If, if we went Dr. Strange and looked into the future, all million, whatever, you know, evolutions of this timeline, what, what's the best version? I mean, and, and I, you know, I think it's important that we, we have this conversation today where let, let's look at the NFC. I know the New Orleans Saints play on Monday Night Football. 
I, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles look bad. That's that's still the the biggest challenger to the Cowboys in the NFC East. The Green Bay Packers look like the best team in the NFC right now, just because of the way the Seattle Seahawks are playing on Sunday Night Football. And this game isn't over yet, so I mean, but they are certainly among the best. Um, the Atlanta Falcons just fired Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, and so um, they're there. You know, not that they're among the best, but just going through the the conference. Obviously, you've got the Buccaneers who lost on Thursday Night Football. I don't think anybody's really buying the Chicago Bears but maybe you are and so the San Francisco 49ers looked really bad today you know got the wheels kicked off by the Miami Dolphins and so I mean in in the best version of this say you win the NFC East and say you host I don't know uh say you host Minnesota in in the wild card round I mean could this team you know if you got Leighton and Sean and Cheeto back, could this team beat the Vikings? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if this team, you know, turns into what a lot of analysts seem to want it to, and this like, you got to go back and you got to run the football. By the way, Team 40 Burger is a thing of the past because Andy Dalton is not going to be the guy that is, you know, leading this offense to the numbers that we've been seeing week in and week out. This might be sort of Jason Garrett's Cowboys in terms of how the offense functions now. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, the, the you know, even today, the, the Chiefs looked fallible. And so football is weird and anything can happen, and that should be said. But I think I think if you simulated this season a thousand times, I think the Cowboys probably go, you know, six and ten, 65 percent of the time. And, and I think that's what you're looking at. And I was actually talking about this before we started recording or I started recording with a good friend of the show, Bobby Belt uh, from NFL Network and from the Boys and a Girl pod that he does with Jane Slater. Great podcast. Had great episodes last week. Always have great episodes, but I really enjoyed them. So make sure you listen to their production as well. And Bobby made a good point. Uh, we were talking just kind of about this situation. And he said, you know, if Tyron were on the edge, you know, if they hadn't, you know, made the decisions they made this past week, they probably at this point now without Dak say, you know what, Tyron, get the surgery. Let's move on to 2021, et cetera. And that might be the case, right? I mean, make up whatever. Hopefully no other player gets injured. But if if player X were on the edge and, man, do we really want to push through? Do we really, you know, whatever? When you don't have your franchise quarterback, it makes that decision easier. And so those situations might sort of unfold and develop as the rest of the season goes along. There's a lot of football left. I mean, there are 11 games left, potentially more if, if the Cowboys do manage to win the NFC East. But I mean, are, are they the worst team in the NFCs? No, by, by no means. I mean, they just beat the New York Giants. Although, um, and believe me, I'm not in a celebratory mood, but I have said all week long throughout all of our shows, basically, and on different shows and different radio hits, that the New York Giants would offensively match their output that they had up until this point of the season today. Uh, to use more succinct vocabulary, the New York Giants entered their game against the Dallas Cowboys having scored three touchdowns in four full games this season. They had not scored a touchdown since week two. I said that they would match their season total in touchdowns offensively, and sure enough, I hope you bet that bottom dollar of yours, they did. They scored three touchdowns offensively. Think about that. I mean, think that that is true, okay? And it's true that and Jalen Smith played really well, and I know we're going all over the place, but you know, I had a tweet about Jalen's swipe thing, and I guess you know, let's have that conversation now, which feels incredibly trivial given just what's going on. Like I said, it's a mess here. Bears asleep, and he's just looking at me, you know, with his eyes, and he's he's the best. But anyway, um, I had a tweet, and I I got some flack for this. Um, some people agreed, but I mean. Far be it from me to say when you should and should not celebrate. I've never played in the NFL. I know that. I heard you, Twitter people. However, to me, in my humble opinion, if you want my humble opinion, 
there are moments that are worthy of a swipe. Jalen had an incredible tackle for loss where he sniffed out a screen, got there, blew it up, and it was awesome. Swipe there. That makes sense. I can understand a, a big-time play meriting a swipe. When you just make a normal tackle on second down, I just, I, I mean, I don't know, third, even if it's third down. I mean, and for what it's worth, after the, the swipe that I tweeted out, the Cowboys almost surrendered a fake field goal for a touchdown. And so, I mean, if you're just making these routine plays, I don't, I mean, I don't personally think that that's worthy of a huge swipe, whatever. But if you're making a badass, awesome play, okay, have your swipe, eat it too, whatever. And you rub it in my face if you want, rub it in everybody's face. You deserve that. You earn that. And so, but all things considered, swipe, no swipe, whatever. Um, I thought Jalen Smith played really well. I thought it was his best game of the season, and the Cowboys did get the stop they needed, technically, although they certainly did not look great by any means against the New York Giants. But this this unit can't be great, right? I mean, this unit can't really, <laughs> this unit can't hold on. I mean, and I think if, if we had to look through the rest of the season for the Dallas Cowboys, right, and we had to predict right now, that, you know, the rest of the season, they're two and three. If we went through the remaining 11 games and we said whether we thought they would win or lose all of them, I, I still don't know that, you know, it sounds too bad. I mean, okay, let's let's do this exercise for the sake of it. Next week, they play the Arizona Cardinals. I'm willing to 100% say that's a loss. Two and four. The week after that, you go to Washington. Three and four, even with Andy Dalton. The week after that, you've got the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't even know that. I, that's like a 50-50 game to me right now. The Eagles look bad. I mean, Carson Wentz, it, it's possible. We were, we were chatting on the Blog of the Boys Twitter account with um, the great Ben Baldwin uh, from The Athletic. Uh, super big Cowboys fan and, and Seahawks fan as the Seahawks get an interception on Kirk Cousins actually wow right as I say that um, and, and he asked somewhat jokingly but I mean is Andy Dalton the best quarterback in the NFC East I'm being I'm, I'm being serious and asking the question at least I, I I think I would still take Carson Wentz obviously and Carson has played some elite football before but after that I mean it's arguable and Carson is playing really badly and the, the problem is we don't really know who Andy Dalton is you know in 2020 um, who is Andy Dalton when he gets a full week's worth of work and, and a game plan that's tailored to his skills etc so we can make this you know decision if you want to call it that you know now what eight days from now I suppose uh, but I mean, so my point is, it's it's hard for me to say the Cowboys are 100% losing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's let's split that series, okay? So we'll give uh, Philly the the win there. So right now, what well, we're two and three, uh, two and four after Arizona, three and four after Washington. We'll call it three and five after Philly. By the way, the three and five Cowboys won the NFC East in 2018 after that start. The Steelers, I will say, is 100% of a loss. That's three and six. Then they're on their bye. I will say the Vikings is 100% loss, especially uh, how solid they've looked on Sunday Night Football, even though they just through an interception uh so that puts us at what three and seven and then you've got washington so you're four and seven baltimore is 100 percent lost so you're four and eight but then let's let's go through there because you're four and eight at that point if you just follow this loose hypothetical cincinnati okay and, and cincinnati by the way you get a week and a half's worth of rest because you're on thursday night football the week before so now you're four and um or what sorry five and eight right because you were four and eight entering that so you're five and eight the week after that, you get San Francisco, and they looked really bad today. And I think Kyle Shanahan's one of the best coaches in the NFL, but I think that's kind of a coin flip. And so then you've got Philly at, at home, you know, and, and that's that's the one we said we would give a coin flip to 50-50, so that's a win. And then you've got the Giants to end the season, albeit on the road. Um, and I think, you know, 
I think the Cowboys beat them, honestly, uh, even though they struggled today. And so my point is, like, you're talking about a team that could still very feasibly win seven to eight games. I think nine is is kind of pushing it. Um, and to be fair, football is is wonky, and sometimes you're going to win games you're not supposed to or lose games you're not supposed to, whatever. Um, and that might happen, and that might balance itself out. And, you know, to be fair, we, we talked about this team so much leading up to the season about how uh, they lost so many one-score games last year, and that's typically a sign of um, you know fluctuating back towards the mean the following year which means teams that you know are on one end of the spectrum seem to fall back again to the average and so for the Cowboys that logic dictated that they would improve um, and and that team that we talked about is not here because you are down Dak and Tyron and Lyle and everything but some of those bones are still there and and I mean you still have three incredible wide receivers and you still have Zeke Elliott and I mean I, I don't think seven wins is impossible. And I don't think that it's, you know, beyond the realm of possibility that that's enough to win the NFC East, even without Dak Prescott. It's, it's just unfortunate of a situation as that is. Um, as I'm recording this, Jerry Jones released a statement. Uh, I haven't read this yet. I'm going to read it aloud here. And it's going to be the first time I read it, um, just, you know, for clarity's sake. But Jerry Jones releasing a statement on Dak Prescott's injury. Here we go. We are all heartbroken for Dak and this very disappointing injury. The outpouring of messages that I have received regarding his setback speaks volumes to the respect and admiration that he has earned from his teammates, former Cowboys players and Cowboys supporters everywhere. I know this young man very well. I know the personal hardship and strife that he has faced, dealt with, and overcome in his young life. And I know of no one who is more prepared from the perspective of mental and emotional toughness and determination than Dak Prescott to respond and recover from this challenge that has been put in front of him. He is an inspiration to everyone he touches. He has all of our love and support, and we have no doubt that he will return to the position of leadership and purpose that he brings to our team. And I suppose that Jerry's statement kind of segues me back to Dak, because that's obviously a discussion. Um, the realities of football and of the NFL are that it's a business and that business decisions are constantly happening and, and constantly going on and, you know, constantly relevant. And we know it's it's been well chronicled and well discussed that Dak was, you know, entering this season on the franchise tag, which is technically a contract year for him. And, um, Look, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Dak Prescott's making $31 million this year, and that's a lot of money. And, you know, you we've this this year has been just, you know, so, so bad for so many. And obviously, you know, Dak Prescott making $31 million a year adds to that narrative. Um, you know, for some people who say that's a lot of money, et cetera. But the reality within the scope of the conversation that those discussions are happening in is that Dak Prescott's offers that he was getting were not on par with what his peers got. And we saw through four games, although Dak, you know, Dak did have a receiving touchdown early on in the game, was awesome. Um, but, you know, Dak Prescott was on pace to just shatter records this year offensively and be the, the guy, the individual life force carrying this team. And we have really learned, even with him on the field, if you did not know it already, what his true worth and value is to this team. And it is so just... It, to say it's unfortunate doesn't doesn't cover the emotion properly. It is so frustrating 
that he did not get the contract that he deserved, that the contract that, that paid him on par with his peers. And I had a tweet that uh, some people agreed with and some people disagreed with. I tweeted out that a lot of people have failed Dak Prescott so far this season, talking about the defense, special teams, coaching staff, et cetera. And I said that none have failed Dak more than Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. And, and I, I reiterated, I said none. And I believe that. I, I do believe that because – Jerry and Steven, we have talked about this many times, and there's evidence of this in the Ezekiel Elliott contract and the Demarcus Lawrence contract. They do not possess an ability, or at least have not shown an ability, to project the future of the market for any position. You know, Demarcus Lawrence had to threaten not to get shoulder surgery for them to pay up, and they did. They blinked. Ezekiel Elliott had to hold out, and they blinked at the last second. And so people say, well, they offered him this, and they offered him that. They offered, he wanted his, you know, the, the time he wanted, whatever. That's true. But that was not on par with what his peers got. And they have an inability to project the market in the sense that if the Cowboys possessed this ability, they would have gotten the deal done with Dak Prescott before last season began. That's when it made the most financial sense for them to bite this bullet and take care of their quarterback. And that's what's also frustrating, is the Cowboys have taken care of Ezekiel Elliott, and they've taken care of Demarcus Lawrence, and they've taken care of Jalen Smith, and they've taken care of Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper's actually been part of the Cowboys for less time than Dak Prescott has. And I'm not trying to say or intimate that any of these players are not deserving of being taken care of by the Cowboys, but that's part of the reality too is the Cowboys say he's our guy etc this was actually a, a lovely statement from Jerry Jones but if that's your guy and you're willing to go to bat for him then why aren't you willing to put him on par with his peers and the fact that you did not force him to gamble not just one season in last season where he proved himself right but then a second season where you surrounded him with a new coaching staff and albeit so many unforeseen circumstances in our current climate and injuries and things like that the Joneses don't control the fact that players get hurt obviously but I mean Dak answered the call not just once but twice and now it is an unfortunate reality because football is a business that this is part of Dak Prescott's career and this will likely be part of the negotiation for Dak Prescott and you think about this and look I mentioned Michael Gallup was the MVP of this game and I am not somebody who thinks that trading Michael Gallup is a good idea I certainly encourage the exploration of how can we improve the team etc but Michael Gallup's a baller man I mean Michael Gallup is kind of the reason the Cowboys won this game with his two big time catches down the stretch he could I mean any Michael Gallup play in the fourth quarter is a play that wins the game for the Cowboys or should win the game for the Cowboys in all likelihood and in all theory but Michael Gallup if you're curious finished this game four catches 73 yards but his impact was so much more than that C.D. Lamb by the way went over 100 yards he is just um, incredible I mean oh my gosh but anyway so Michael Gallup is eligible for a new contract this offseason and I, I guarantee you, and it's we're having this conversation in the first half of October, but I guarantee you it will become a talking point come March, come April, that Michael Gallup needs a new contract, and Michael Gallup makes all these plays, and Michael Gallup is very worthy of an extension. And all of that will be true, but we've heard the Joneses talk about the pie and how there's only so much of that pie to go around, and you have to do your part, et cetera, so that the players can all be part of the same pie. And if they had had the ability to project the market in 2019, Dak Prescott's slice of pie would be much smaller than it's going to be whenever he eventually signs. And Dak Prescott proved his worth. And if Andy Dalton struggles, I mean, it is going to just absolutely scream his worth. I mean, think about this. There, there are people, and I tweeted this too, there, there are people, real people, real actual people that put pants on and go to work. There are people that said that the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm talking about like for months, said this, 
that the Cowboys should start Andy Dalton and just move on from Dak Prescott. And to Andy Dalton's credit, he led the drive that counted and got the Cowboys the win, but he looked really bad for parts of this game. And he might look better with a week's worth of work, as mentioned. But Andy Dalton is very clearly and very obviously not the quarterback that the Cowboys need to win the Super Bowl, which is obviously the goal. And so what do you what do you do now? If, if you're the Cowboys, we thought, and by we I mean the collective world, we thought that Dak Prescott playing well with a sorry defense and a sorry special teams group was going to more than anything prove his worth and justify his demands, if you want to call them that, for a big-time contract. You know what would go a step further? Okay, if the Cowboys are just a disaster, and it's true that they're down Tyron Smith and they're down Lyle Collins, and right now they're starting a rookie center who had a, a snap that you could argue was botched. I put that on Andy Dalton, not Tyler Biondish. Those things are true, but people love to say, oh, the Cowboys gave Dak Prescott the best wide receiving core in the NFL. They gave him Ezekiel Elliott. Well, they just gave those things to Andy Dalton, and if he doesn't match the success that Dak Prescott had early on this season... I mean, it's that's going to highlight Dak Prescott's worth far more than anything else that he could do on the field. And I don't know. Um, obviously, look, um, we, we've we've talked before about how this is very similar in terms of how Dak, Dak Prescott is perceived and, and is appreciated, et cetera, or not appreciated, if you want to put it that way, by his fans, by the Cowboys, by Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously, that is very reminiscent of how the team treated, from a financial perspective, Tony Romo. Um, and Tony Romo was very underappreciated by fans, as we all know. Um, I... I, I I, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I like to point out interesting coincidences and things like that. And I don't think this is good or fun. But, you know, when you think about this, obviously, we've all been thinking about when Tony Romo got hurt against the Philadelphia Eagles in week two of the 2015 season. And that obviously derailed that year. And he came back, beat the Dolphins. And that was awesome. And then got hurt again on Thanksgiving Day uh, with his future broadcast partner, Jim Nance, in the booth. And, you know, that was that was a dark year. That was a really dark season. That was the first year I started blogging about the Cowboys, started podcasting about the Cowboys, and it was it was not a lot of fun. What what I felt more when when this situation was unfolding on Sunday afternoon, it reminded me of the 2010 season when Tony Romo got hurt. And the Cowboys had one win when they hosted the New York Giants, just like they did today um, or on Sunday. They had a rookie wide receiver who was taken in the first round who they had given number 88 to on the team in Des Bryant then and CeeDee Lamb now. And things were bad, and they had Super Bowl aspirations, just like they, they did this season, and they lost their starting quarterback for the season against the New York Giants. And, I, I mean, you know, it, it history repeats itself sometimes in, in, in weird ways, and that, you know, like I said, I tweet about that, this is not a good thing, but that's what I was thinking about. I mean, it, it's almost, that was October 25th, 2010. We are almost 10 years to the day on that. And so that's what I thought about because that season was just lost. I mean, we, we talked so much about John Kitna last year. Um, you know, that was, that was a, a fun time. That was Brooks Bollinger. I mean, you know, that, that was, and that's what it feels like this is setting up for. This is setting up for a lost year. Um, and, and maybe, you know, and this is something I was talking to Bobby about as well. If you ended up with a, a top five pick, maybe you get your tyrant, you know, out of it. That's what the Cowboys got, you know, in, in 2011, the, the pick they earned and they earned that pick in 2010. That pick they earned became Tyron Smith. And obviously, there have been people this past week talking about the need to replace him, etc., because of his injury situation. And so I think that 
if, if you had to ask me, I think that that's the direction this season heads, but there's still hope, and we'll still certainly root for it and, and wish for those things to happen. But I found that spooky hat was just a, a, a similar set of circumstances that kind of just, you know, unfortunately befell the Cowboys again. You know, we're, as Cowboys fans, we're, we're at this point, you know, in the last 10 years, we've had to watch our franchise quarterback be lost for the season four times, twice in a single season. And that's not fun by any means. And I, I think this is maybe the point I, uh, before we get to your questions that I, I, my last point on the game, it's, it's so hard to talk about the game itself, right? I mean, there are promising things and, and we'll get into it as the week unfolds. And Kelsey and Meg will talk about all this as well later on today on girls talking boys. And Tony and I will talk about it tomorrow on the seven five Oh, and you know, we'll unpack this game and we'll get ready for Arizona. But it was the most surreal thing for me. And, and I imagine for many of you that as, as this was unfolding, because the moment Dak gets, gets hurt and, you know, calls over the medical staff and Michael Gallup, you know, expresses his, his emotions, it's, you know, it's already, you know, a really, you know, somber feeling, right? You're already f- just feeling sick to your stomach. And then to watch, obviously, all of the, you know, the teams and, and not all of it, both teams and all of the players kind of gathered around, clearly just upset and devastated, et cetera. That that added to the emotion for me, but but for me the the surreal thing I saw Jane Slater called it surreal, friend of the show, and I thought that was the best word because it was incredibly surreal that Mike McCarthy, Dak's current coach, and Jason Garrett, Dak's former coach, and the only coach he's ever known to this point in his career who who had this this career that we all wanted to end well with the Cowboys as well, that they were just gathered around you know Dak you know kind of. I mean, obviously being tended to and, and that Tony Romo was on the call. I mean, it felt like, um, I don't even know what it, it felt like, you know, like in a dream where you you're not, not like a dream you and I have, but like, like when you watch a show or something and the, the main character has a dream where he goes and like watches himself, um, you know, and watches the situation unfold. Obviously we weren't watching ourselves, but it was this like, like every major character in the story so far was here and was in the moment you know what I'm saying like that it it just all mashed together for this mega surreal you know smorgasbord I mean I don't know how to describe it other than that it was unreal um in a surreal sense that it was it was everything pushed together and that you know and that's why I thought of the Tony Romo thing against the Giants because I mean everybody who who was in the moment on Sunday had a role in that 2010 season when you think that obviously Jason Garrett was there. He wasn't the head coach at the time, but he would be very soon because Wade Phillips would get fired. Um, but he was there as the offensive coordinator who, you know, Kellen Moore is obviously the offensive coordinator. I wasn't there now, but you get the point. Um, Dak wasn't there, but Tony Romo was there. And that was the season that Mike McCarthy won the Super Bowl in that building. And so it was just a really, I mean, just unbelievable. I, 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 it was an existential sort of thing, and I'm having a hard time describing it. So apologies there, but um, it was very weird to say the least. And so I, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. I mean, you know, we, we love, you know, what um, – what blog on the boys is and we love our community and, and I know that it's our job to come here and, and dissect and analyze the game and talk about it but it's so hard I mean I, I I can't recall a game like this certainly in the time that I've I've had this job you know there's been nothing like this but it, it is a very 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 weird reality that the Dallas Cowboys now live in and that's because this 2020 reality that we're all living in is extremely weird to begin with um I don't know. And, and if you get a chance, head on over to blogontheboys.com and read what 
was supposed to be my winners and losers. I, I tried to encapsulate all of this in there. So, um, you know, if you get a chance, check it out. But let's get to your tweets. Um, as always, we take them to discuss them, etc. Oh, by the way, last thing before your tweets. Um, and, and just this is important to me. Um, so and because there's a lot of talk right now a lot of tweets and a lot of messages a lot of arguing about Dak and I saw that Tony Dungy uh, pro football hall of famer head coach the Indianapolis Colts won the Super Bowl in 2006 um, you know he's he, he's he's I think he misspoke to my own personal read on the situation before Sunday Night Football um, called the situation a blessing in disguise for the Cowboys you might have seen the clip floating around on Twitter I, I quote tweeted it we also quote tweeted it from the blog and the boys account and I think he. I think it was a misusage of words. Obviously, this is not a blessing in any means. Um, he was just talking about the Cowboys getting back to running the football, and they're going to have to adjust. And, and was just trying to to be constructive and in, in hoping that there was something to salvage for the Cowboys on the field. I I've read all of Tony Dungy's books, and I don't I don't take him to be somebody like that. You know, on the subject of Dak, we all know the comment that was said about him a few weeks ago, and this was not that. I, at least, in, if you if you value my opinion, this was not that. In my humble opinion, um, I think Tony he had a follow up by the way, Tony Dungy, where he said it was not the best choice of words. And so, if you see that clip, I would just caution, you know, getting upset because I don't I don't think the intent was what it came across as. But uh, let's get to your tweets. So. Hillary says, uh, Hillary's on Twitter at Molly Vegas. I want them to pay Dak. He's my guy. I hope they do. I, I really hope they do. It's f- fair is the wrong word. Um, I mean, teams, teams know injury histories and injury histories are part of contract negotiations. And I don't see how this is not a part of the contract negotiations for Dak Prescott. It's a, it's a variable. It's a, it's an undeniable variable, his recovery time, et cetera. And that sucks. And there's no other way to go about it other than to say it sucks. Uh, Brandon Linderman on Twitter at Linderman907907 to be specific says, of tradable pieces, is Amari the one that is tradable or are they seeing the same thing here the Raiders were saying, not giving full effort and that will hurt value? This has been a weird run for Amari. Um, I still think Amari is the best receiver on the Cowboys. I know that that's maybe not the most popular opinion. Um and that narrative has followed him for a long time, right? That, that he doesn't care as much and he's not super passionate about football. You can't trade Amari right now from a financial perspective, but I get where you're coming from. It's, it's really all I can say here. Um, let's move on. Uh, Steven underscore one that Steven is spelled uh, or is uh, written on Twitter uh, with the letter three where there would be E's. So Steven underscore one says how Dak was playing his ass off from game one sucks that it took for him to get injured. So they, so they could, so the defense, excuse me, could even show up a little bit for him. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any denying that the defense kind of stepped up and and you can argue that some of that was the giants thing or uh, you know, that whatever, but it sucks. It, it sucks. And it will suck if they, it will suck. I mean, if, if the Cowboys play well, we'll all be happy on some level. Don't get me wrong, but it, it will, it will be bitter if the Cowboys defense is awesome for whatever reason, moving when Leighton comes back or Sean comes back, whatever. Um, it will sting. I mean, that's, that's just the honest truth. Henry Chapman on Twitter at chap fen, uh, chap hen, excuse me, 17 says how this team has the best wide receiver room in NFL history. Um, any of the top four can step up and have a big day. Even Cedric Wilson. It's fun to watch. Cedric Wilson is such a fine, had the great touchdown throw to Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any question that Cowboys have the best wide receiver room in the NFL. I think we all agree with that. And I think they're all going to have to step up to have this team be successful with a new quarterback. And it is a lot of fun to watch, but you know, there's, there's a little bit more on their plates um, for the next 11 games. Ben Cannon 
on Twitter at Canon Laws is curious about the thoughts on Donovan Wilson and Biotish. Touched on Tyler Biotish a little while ago. I thought he played well. Again, had the fumble um, that, that, you know, maybe some will put on him. At first glance, I haven't rewatched the game yet, obviously. I, I think that was on Andy Dalton. I thought he played well, and I, I think we all thought that Tyler could start this season and hopefully never give the job up. And I think he's on pace to do that. I think he's having just some rookie moments. But I thought overall, Tyler Biotis was great. I thought Donovan Wilson, uh, he had the most boneheaded play of the game, if you want to call it that, uh, the 12 men on the field penalty, which I guess steers me into John Fossil is awesome and a lot of fun. And if you haven't seen the All or Nothing season on the Los Angeles Rams, the 2016 Rams, that was the year he was promoted to interim head coach after Jeff Fisher was fired. So he's in that a lot. I really, really just kind of fell in love with his personality then. Um, but he is he is an awesome guy. But he is by far the most overrated move that the Cowboys made this offseason because the special teams group is worse. There's no doubt about it. They are worse, but I thought Donovan Wilson was okay defensively, but that moment on special teams really kind of, um, you know, weighs it down. Uh, Maitland Rutledge on Twitter at Maitland underscore, I think it's I-I-I, could be lowercase l, so apologies, Maitland, says, realistically, how well can Andy Dalton lead this team? Will it be similar to what we saw in 2015 with Whedon or Castle, or will it be better? I mentioned 2010 with Brooks Bollinger uh, and John Kitna. I, I don't... I don't know if it'll be that. Um, I don't know that Andy Dalton will be as bad as Brandon Whedon. Um, you know, it's funny. The last game that a quarterback besides Dak Prescott started for the Dallas Cowboys, or rather, let me rephrase that. The last time that a Dallas Cowboys game happened and the starting quarterback was not Dak Prescott, the starting quarterback for that game was Dak Prescott's offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore. And, I mean, let's let's also look at that. Let's Let's peel back this layer. The backups in 2015 were in order. Um, Brandon Whedon got the first shot. And remember, the Cowboys traded for Matt Castle early on. Um, then Matt Castle got the second shot. And then Kellen Moore got his turn. And they were all bad. The only win that year was started by Matt Castle, the Monday night game in Washington that Dan Bailey won. I think Andy Dalton's better than them. Um, I mean, I think maybe at his peak... Kyle Orton, who he was for the Cowboys, maybe that's that's kind of what we're looking at for Fandy Dalton. It's it's so hard to have expectations right now. It really is. Um, it, we all applauded, if you want to call it that, the move to sign Andy Dalton because it prepared the Cowboys for a situation like this. And so, this it's time to see if they were right. Um, let's. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Jaime Vasquez on Twitter at Jaime Big Data says, how do you think the game plans need to change to account for the new quarterback? How long till we see the nooch? Again, you can hear the latest episode of Girls Talking Boys later on today here on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Kelsey, Charles, and Meg Murray might talk about the nooch. I haven't uh, gotten to their episode yet, but um, I don't think we'll see Ben DiNucci this year. I think the Cowboys brought in Andy Dalton because they they believe in him and um, believed in him in this worst case smash the glass scenario in, in terms of the game plan like I said you're no longer team 40 burger you're no I mean you shouldn't have wanted to throw the ball 58 times or whatever anyway I it's unfortunate but I think we're going to see the Cowboys kind of play some Vikings football you know some some run run it's going to be more Zeke um, it's going to be some play action and I think it's going to be that until Andy Dalton maybe gets comfortable and then we figure it out you know when that comes along but it is what it is um, let's see, let's move on. Uh, Rick on Twitter at Rick Donison, Donison, excuse me, says, can you just make me feel better? I hope I did. Um, I, I mean, when I mean this every time I say this, because it is 
it is absolutely true, at least about me and, and how I try to make everything we do at Blog and the Boys function. For me, the Dallas Cowboys are my life. It's my job. You know, it's something I, I have in common with my dad and, and so many close friends and, and family members, et cetera. And so I, you know, I want to see this team win and I want to root for it and I want to have fun and I want to enjoy it and, and everything. And, and I enjoy the chaos occasionally, but um, I love, love just, you know, Twitter can be such a, an interesting place, but I love, I, my favorite thing is when a game is about to start and it feels like we're all in the movie theater, right? Like, you know, you know, when you were like in high school um, and you would go to like the midnight premiere when I was in high school, like the Harry Potter movies would come out or whatever, or like, you know, the OG Spider-Man movies and you know, everybody would be there and you'd all be like standing in line, you know, waiting for them to open the theater and, you know, hold my spot. You know, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'm going to go, you know, get some snacks, whatever. And you'd all get in there, all your friends. And, and you know, it was like Friday night or Saturday night and you, maybe you got dropped off or whatever. And it was exciting, right? Cause you, you know, some people, you know, you had gone there with or whatever, right? But then you saw, oh, hey, you know, how you, you know, you're here too, whatever. And it was, it was this cool, like, sort of energy, right? Like we're all here, and then the lights would dim, and the movie would start. And that's what it feels like to me every time, you know, we all kind of get on Twitter. That's at least what it, it feels like in my mind before a Cowboys game. And it feels like I'm seeing everybody, and, and I'm being surrounded by everybody. And that energy does not change with the Cowboys playing badly I feel that same way every time a Cowboys game starts and I, I really enjoy it um like with primetime games because that you know has like an epic and an intense feeling because it's it's the only game on etc and so to make you feel better I hope this makes you feel better the next time the Dallas Cowboys play and there's a lot to get through between now and then and we're going to go through a lot of emotions that feeling will return it, it it always has and I see no reason why it wouldn't return um Next Monday on Monday Night Football. Um, let's see. Let's move on. Um, Aaron Robinette on Twitter at uh, at I'm Aaron says Dalton is not the answer, right? Mariota. I think you got to see if Dalton's the answer. You've, you've got to you got to give Andy a couple of games. Um, you you really do. Um, let's let's take our last one here uh, at Cowboy Spur Hawk. I don't know what Hawk that is. Maybe a high school team. Um, I don't think it's the Atlanta Hawks, just because of the Spur um, or the Seahawks because of the Cowboy, but uh, says, when is Mike Nolan getting fired? I mentioned the New York Giants matched their offensive total from a touchdown perspective in this game. Mike Nolan, it was reported before the game on Sunday afternoon by Jay Glazer, I believe was the first to report of Fox and the Athletic that Mike Nolan would no longer be in the booth, that he would be on the sidelines. Um, this is, you know, some some coordinators operate differently, whatever. Um I, I don't I don't feel any better about Mike Nolan and I have a hard time imagining that we'll feel better about Mike Nolan anytime soon so <laughs> um, I know I was just trying to make you feel better uh, but I think that's that's just kind of where we're at with Mike Nolan um, so it is what it is but we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of things to figure out. We we have, you know, this was, and I think that was what I wrote about. If, if you do take the time to go read my, my Winners and Losers article is, it's okay to say that, that this game sucked, even though they won. It's okay to say, all right, you know, I don't, you know, you don't have to be pumped because they won. You know, it's cool that they won, um, but it doesn't have to be completely responsible for how you feel about the Cowboys in this moment or tomorrow or on Wednesday or whatever the case may be, the Cowboys lost what I'm going to imagine is one of your favorite players for 
likely the rest of the season. Again, still not confirmed, uh, but we all assume as mentioned. It is okay to be bothered by that, and and it's okay to be bothered by that in two weeks, or if the Cowboys win again, or you know whatever, because that sucks. And sometimes sports suck, but sometimes sports give us great moments because the magic of sports is that as much as today and this particular issue sucked and are going to suck for some time, I mean, when Michael Gallup caught those passes, we were all still pretty heavily invested, were we not? That's sports, and so I'm hopeful that that magic captures us and, and captures our attention as um, as we navigate ourselves through the rest of this season. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are in first place in the NFC East. Uh, I think I mentioned already it's, it's been 45 minutes, so I'm not totally certain. The Dallas Cowboys are two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Arizona Cardinals who beat the New York Jets on Sunday. Um, Kyler Murray will make this defense look interesting is uh all all i think we're certain of at this point in time but um you know it will be interesting to hear more from jerry jones and mike mccarthy and stephen jones and etc i thought it was really classy um of jason garrett to head out there and you know like i said it was a surreal thing but um hey sometimes sometimes things happen but uh, i hope you enjoyed our post game episode here on the ocho um Sometimes it's harder to get through what happened with the Cowboys last week was hard for a different reason. Um, But like I said, tomorrow will come. We'll talk about the Cowboys again, and we'll figure out where to go from here. So um, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, If you haven't, make sure you search for the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Uh, That's Apple devices, Spotify. We put out two episodes every single day you get a new episode from us every 12 hours literally every single 12 hours um because we know there's a lot going on in the world of the dallas cowboys and we want to make sure that you're prepared we want to make sure you have all the information you need um and because we love this team we all want to see it do well and, and we enjoy talking about it and we enjoy experiencing it with you and we are so grateful that you choose to make blogging the boys a part of your cowboys fan experience so um you hear the ocho every morning give you a daily update in terms of what's going on with the cowboys on mondays and fridays you get girls talking boys with kelsey charles and Meg Murray, Tuesdays the 750 with myself and two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas. Wednesdays, you get Talking the Star with Connor Livesey, Dalton Miller, and Cole Patterson. Thursdays, you get Broadcasting the Boys with Ari Temkin and Roy White. Fridays, we've already covered. Saturday mornings, you get a new episode of Cowboys Oi with Mauricio Rodriguez, an entirely Spanish-spoken show about Los Vaqueros. And then late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, we drop our pregame show, which is appropriately titled The Pregame. Obviously, with the Cowboys playing on Monday Night Football next week, it will be uh, a little bit different but um it will still be the pregame nonetheless let's get it let's 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 get together all right group hug let's have a group hug right here Just come on in right here group hug time we're gonna get through this all right it's gonna be okay football still football it's still fun a&m won this weekend <laughs> so got that going for me um congratulations to the los angeles lakers um you know I guess maybe you're not a Lakers person. I don't know, whatever the case may be. Um, Yeah. So I've been kind of saying bye for like two whole minutes now. So let's go ahead and do it. Um, Do me a favor. Have the absolute best Monday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.